0: Welcome to The Practical Mystic Show, where we bring you simple tips and techniques from around the globe to help practical people deal with extraordinary experiences. And now, your favorite scientist, shaman, and sacred clown, and also the show's host, Janine Boland.
1: Welcome to this episode of the Practical Mystic Show. I am Janine Bolin, and I am joined by my guest today, who is Matthew Schwab. Let me tell you a little bit about this inner Voyager. Many of you who meditate, you understand how important the internal and inner journey is to your source. However, I, I this is a guy who's gonna help you a lot because he is a lifelong surfer. He basically grew up on the coast of New Jersey. He's allowed his love of the water to lead him into experiences off, oh, you know, doesn't it just hurt you to hear this? He's been living off coasts of Hawaii, California, Oregon, and now He lives in Tampa, Florida. He spent 20 years traveling the world's oceans and experiencing nearly 40 countries, as the United States Merchant Marine Officer, Captain Matthew Schwab, has led others through seemingly insurmountable challenges while sailing the world. And anyone who has spent any time on the water, when you no longer can see land, there are challenges. Period. Case closed. This guy is a master at it. So basically, he experienced his spiritual awakening through a, once again, a multiple near-death experience. (laughs) And Matthew made it his mission to support other leaders like ourselves in navigating those uncharted waters of fear, isolation, and to achieve spiritual breakthroughs and personal development. So thank you so much for being with us today, Matthew. It's wonderful to have you.
0: Absolutely. Thank you for having me on, Janine. It's great to see you and hear you again.
1: I know. Yes, we really enjoyed this together. Um, we'll have you back on, especially as you continue to build on your programs and your experiences. But what I would really like to talk to you about today is you're so used to having to talk to corporate audiences and that sort of thing to just get them to meditate. What's lovely about this particular audience is they already realize the necessity of meditation. Many people email me and say, Janine, you know, you can stop the meditation. I got, I got the meditation thing down. You don't need to talk to me about that. But what I really want to talk to you about is what they'll say to me is how do you integrate and implement some of that stuff that you see in your spirit, through your spiritual eye, what you see as you're moving through your meditative space, you know, how do you implement some of this stuff because I'm just worried I'm going crazy. So want to talk to them a little bit about that?
0: Absolutely. Yeah. That so, All that practicality, the the practical side of being the mystic uh, was honed in the water for 20 years because I always had this empathetic, intuitive and spiritual side of myself. Uh, I actually feared it for a long time and it was really going to see and experiencing all these trials by fire that uh, the universe, God and spirit put in front of me to be able to lead individuals through insurmountable circumstances, a fire on a ship with $90 million of the Navy's conventional ammunition, uh, insurmountable challenges of um, working in the oil and gas field while I was drilling. And I was captain of a ship that had 150 people on it. We were in 17 mile an hour wind and six knots of current, which is equatable to a river. And we were attached to the seabed by a drilling string, which we had to disconnect from and almost caused a billion dollars of damage. But because I'm led by spirit and spirit lives through me, we were able to transcend all of that and um, get out on the other side safely. So while I was leading these individuals, I was having this huge spiritual awakening inside myself. So it was almost like I was living two lives, one in complete oneness with my my meditation and uh, understanding who I am as a spiritual being, have a temp- having a temporary temporarily human experience. And at the same time, I had to help lead individuals through the path of where, where they were at, maybe just learn entering understanding a mindset or just starting to brim on uh, emotional intelligence, understanding like the shame and the anger and the guilt that they have in life. So it was amazing to be able to observe this whole thing, in through spirit, and I now do that in my business, the Inner Voyager. So, to be able to harness that energy and be able to be that conduit for levels of different different dimensionality, or uh, in time space, is huge because you're choosing to come down from these spiritual realms and practically apply these gifts that we have <clears throat> to people who who truly need them so it's almost like it's almost like you're like you're walking around with a cloak and you're operating in the spaces in between and it can get it can get overwhelming and frustrating sometimes, but the biggest part, and I've actually just learned this, so it's very um, syn- synchronistic that we're having this conversation right now. I just realized how to stay within my own body and provide maximum effectiveness in my spirituality to clients that I work with in, in the corporate realm, in, you know, professional athletic realm. So, and not to be able to take on any of their energy or emotion, which is a big part of what is missing from spiritual communities because we're so tied to oneness or enlightenment.
1: And that is one of the big challenges is how do I go about being compassionate without being empathetic because as soon as you move into empathy that is where you start picking up other people's uh field and i came up with my own techniques i came up with my own understandings but i had to drop the entire aspect of shielding because people would say you need to put a shield around yourself and blah, blah blah all that had to go by the wayside because that was not working for me it took too much time too much energy i would love to have your perspective on that
0: Yeah, absolutely. And shielding does take a lot of energy because you have to replenish that shield and go back into the meditative state. But really what I found is that when you're working with with people in these third and fourth dimension, I'll say third, maybe brimming on fourth, and um, you concentrate, you're meeting them where they're at. But at the same time, if you meet them authentically with an open heart, as we're used to doing, then you're going to take on that, whatever they have, and then you have to learn to process it. I've come up with techniques where I can regenerate shame into love, but again, that takes energy and then redirect that into something in the business. What I have found is that when you're talking to somebody and you intuitively know where they're at emotionally, you tune into that chakra within yourself. So if it's fear, you're turning, tuning into your solar plexus chakra. If it has to do with survival or financial issues or family or something of their core belief system, I literally go back into my root chakra and the entire time that I'm talking to that person, I can talk about the emotion. I can emote that emotion with them. So they understand what I'm, they, they feel what I'm saying and thinking, but I'm coming at it from a place within my root chakra, which is letting go of that energy that that I have that I might be dealing with and giving it to that person, but you're literally at home in your root chakra. So it's I'm having the conversation and it is this human having this the spiritual being having this temporary human experience. And literally all the words, actions, deeds, intentions are coming through my root chakra because I'm I'm feeling my home i'm feeling my soul fully in my body and grounded because that's what that person needs so if you can meet them where they're at and get this paradigm out of our head that we have to stay shielded or guarded that will this this will come to you and you can just literally sit where you're at and not have to worry about taking anything on because our thoughts become things. If we think we have to shield ourselves all the time, well, then we're going to put energy into shielding ourselves all the time. If you're putting energy and intention into helping that person heal him or herself, not you healing them. Now we're operating from a place of true power and wisdom and authenticity. Dare I say vulnerability, but using that vulnerability as a strength and not a crutch. So me, Intuiting where a person is at, a client is at, and being able to operate and meet them where they're at from that chakra has been a big key of mine. And the the root chakra has been my home in uh, dealing with things like this.
1: So because i got into a lot of the spirituality and in novel ways as many of us have uh, one of the things i was labeled as a first chakra healer because i dealt with money and i helped people with their situations of of what they thought were life altering events um, or what they felt was they call it trauma and um, we would work and reframe that so that was one of the things that you and i definitely connected on pretty quickly was oh yeah you're a first chakra healer too you know that kind of thing But when it comes to understanding what you're here on planet to do, everybody's at a different understanding of what their perspective is. And so when you were mentioning, okay, so as long as you understand where somebody else is coming from, and that can be a little tricky uh, when it comes to different perspectives, because we have 8 billion of us on the planet now, each with their own creation of their life, each with their own unique perspective. So for me as a mystic and as a, professional psychic or whatever you want to call me, um, one of the challenges that I am presented with is as I move through the time-space continuum, as I move through that knowing I can create my own reality, there is also that aspect of I must take responsibility for whatever is presented to me. So do you want to talk a little bit about we are creators of our own reality and that dealing with that emotional understanding of, oh my gosh, this happened to me. Well, I did that. And moving through that understanding.
0: Meaning you did that, created that, that being that, just clarify that a little more for me.
1: There are experiences that happen that some people, uh, and myself included for a long time, would say, "Oh, well, life just happens to me. Right, you know, there it seemed like there was no connection between what I was doing, what I was creating, and what happened in front of me. And it could be in something pretty horrific, such as I used to work in the emergency room and you know, all kinds of stuff like that. So there were horrific things that I would see or experience. And then I started realizing how I was creating my own reality. I was creating that because of the space I was in, and I was actually allowing these things to happen. And even though I didn't like seeing them and what have you, it was because I felt I had to be there right? So I wanted to talk about being a very active creator of a reality. And I know you know what I'm talking about, so it's just the words sometimes (laughs) get in the way. (laughs) I
0: I got you. We're we're on the same frequency, the same wave like now, I understand. Uh, So, of course, a lot of this has been looking back on past lives and understanding, understanding, listening to understand myself, not listening to reply to myself of why things happened. And the key word that I just use there is is why, because when we ask ourselves, yes, we've created a situation or we experienced something horrific, uh, the tendency is to uh, go back down to a lower emotional state of guilt, fear, or guilt, shame, apathy, maybe cover it up with a little fear and then uh, not be willing to understand it. But really that's where the strength lies uh, to move us forward. So if we're presented with a situation which we're trying to intuit, to feel, and to understand through thought and conceptualize the understanding of why that happened, the tendency is to drop into a certain emotional state. But if we can learn the art of detachment, and the Kabbalion, the three initiates, talks a lot about this, Um, which is a fantastic book, Hermetic Teachings, if if anybody is into occult literature. Um, The tendency or propensity is to go into a, a polarized state of emotion. If we can approach the situation through detachment, that is understanding why that emotion is there, why that being in that state of emotion is there, Um, we can truly detach emotionally from the situation and be able to ask ourselves, why, why is this situation being shown to me? What do I need to derive from it in order to move forward? And how better can I understand what is happening right now? So it's not so much of, did I create it? It's this situation is here. We can connect the dots all day long if we want to until our faces are blue and go back into generations and generations previously of understanding why it happened. But really, that doesn't matter because what matters is the situation happened right here and now. How best do we deal with it? How much wisdom can I extract from it? And then what power I'm going to receive power, the more the more I understand the situation, the more wisdom and power I'm going to receive and what really matters is What is the intention of using that wisdom and power moving forward? So just to sum it up, asking if we experience something that we can't intuit, that we don't understand the feeling of, or we don't understand the the context of mentally, asking why backs us out of that situation, detaches from any emotional state. We're able to become the observer of that situation, see it for what it truly is instead of what we think or feel or believe it to be. And then we can extract the meaning, wisdom, and power out of it, and then move forward as best we can. Because if not, we're going to enter into an agreement with that situation, with that energetic situation, and it'll continue to pull us in that pattern deeper and deeper until we decide to detach from it and understand it fully.
1: So when it comes to detachment, and this was something that I struggled with a little bit when I was first getting into it, because when, when detachment was taught to me, it was taught in a way where emotions were bad. And therefore you had to stay in your mind and as a woman we are highly identified with our emotions because if it weren't for our emotions we wouldn't be safe <laughs> there are have no rational explanation for this but i am not safe here and need to move out of this uh, place what have you and so that intuitive. the Being detached versus not being an emotional, right? Because there's a lot of difficulty with that.
0: Okay. So being detached versus not being emotional. Emotion, if we broke the word down, is emo is to be, T-I-O-N is in a state of. So it means that we're literally in a state of shame, guilt, anger, joy, ineffability, uh, pride, courage, whatever. So the understanding that that emotion is something that was projected onto us and we chose to take on as part of our being, whether it was nurtured or natured or it was passed through through epigenetics, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. There was an emotion imprinted on us, and we started to believe that that's who we were when we can understand that concept and grow awareness within that concept, now we're able to differentiate between detachment and being emotional because it is our choice. If we enter into an agreement with emotion, we have now chosen to become that state of being. So I want to give a practical example of this. You've dealt with anger in your life and you feel that you've transcended it. So, or evolve past it. Now, because you've mastered that within yourself, now you become the teacher, and those experiences tend to manifest within your life, so you're going to attract those people. Albeit, they get angry unconsciously, but we as spiritual beings that are feel at oneness, we feel that we're above that, but we're not. Our, our mastery of it is only so is only gives us the tool so we can help others heal through that. So I, I'll give you a personal situation. I have um, the love of my life, but everything is perfect. I've learned to understand my anger completely and she has issued some parts where she might get angry about something. So I have to step back and understand that that is not that anger is not directed at me it is merely something that she is trying to work through and i have to understand and differentiate and learn how not to take that on so the te- the when you master that you become the teacher and then you learn how to master not taking that on from other people so you can expand that into other things like a business so does that does that clarify things or we need to go a little deeper
1: We need to go a little deeper because the situation that I, and I remember when I was learning these lessons, um, I was learning them from people who were rarely Vedic in their understanding, which is very mental. Like they were always, you know, looking at the third eye and what have you. And there were times where I had emotions that I felt come from the heart chakra. So that's, you know, I'm wanting to kind of, Lead us into the direction of there is a state of being where you're an observer, but it's not necessarily mental. It's also of what are the emotions that are literally erupting through your heart chakra as well, because sometimes wisdom comes not just from the mind, but it also comes through the heart. And it took me uh, years to to integrate both of those lessons and to have a harmonization of the mental as well as the heart.
0: Yeah, that's, that's huge, because you're, then you're incorporating your, uh, award, what is that, Multi, being able, uh, multi-sensory, oh, that's a term for it, and it's evading me right now, where you're using two, two emotions at the same time. Oh, anyway.
1: <laughs> It'll come to you as soon as yeah. we get off the podcast. Yeah, you it, can it email will. it to me. I'll put it in the show notes. <laughs> I, I'll just say multi-sen-
0: multi-sensory. Uh, Synesthetic. You 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 become synesthetic where you're Mm -hmm. using two emotions at the same time. Um, and, And detaching, detaching thought from emotion. That's, that's difficult. First, you have to, first how I started to do that is you have to tell yourself that emotion is one thing and that cannot hurt you. Like that's, that's one of the reasons that we go on spiritual journeys is because we I, I'll keep it in terms of me, I had things within my human experience, which I was not ready to face yet. So my spirit, I was living outside my body in my spirit and the direct experiences that I, that, that I had in life were just giving me the strength in order to be able to experience the emotions that were imprinted on me in the past so that I could learn to master them uh, I should say, dissolve them, not master them, learn to dissolve and, and, and transcend them um, in order for that spirit to fully come into my body. So I believe that there's an understanding that emotion cannot kill us. It might hurt. It might be very painful, but it will not kill us. I was doing a podcast with a a, a doctor two weeks ago, and she had said, if you really want to put statistics to it, if you want to truly process an emotion like fully, you're looking at anywhere from 90 seconds to five minutes. Now you may be balled up on the floor, crying, wailing, and feeling like you're going to die, but you're not going to die. That's just, that's just that experience has been held onto you. And is that much as in terms of your core belief as anything, but if you put yourself fully into it and you're willing to process emotion, 90 seconds, seconds to five minutes.
1: And that's about right, you know, and then you're ready to grab your tub of ice cream or whatever, (laughs) your chocolate, your salt and vinegar chips, whatever it is that is your comfort food and and move on. Um, So we have a few minutes left here on the show. I would love for you to share with us some of those gold nuggets that you have that have really helped you. Like when you were uh, in a place where you were incredibly in a place of pain and you walked yourself out what are some practical things that we can share with folks to help them walk out of their own, uh, speed bumps?
0: Hmm. Uh, I'm trying to remember a, okay. So I had deeply rooted issues with my relationship with money. It was completely out of balance, but I was, as a captain, I was making a quarter million dollars a year on an oil rig with 150 souls on board that I had to keep safe. So the way that I worked through a lot of the guilt and the shame and my belief systems around money, which is definitely, was definitely a core belief of mine, was that while things were hurting badly, all I could do was stay in the moment. So it really came back to my breath, the awareness of my breath. And I came up with an acronym that I used. It was called BASE. And when you feel things completely out of rye, you have to one come back because chances are that you've stopped breathing and oxygen has been cut off to your cells in your brain. So when I catch myself on that downward spiral, or when I was at, at the bottom and I didn't feel like I could move forward at all, I, um, I started to breathe. Uh, another core belief that I've dealt with was my relationship and respect for women. And that was more of embodying who I was as half divine feminine, half masculine. There was a huge, huge lesson that I had to learn with that. So base, when you come to a situation that you're overwhelmed with emotion and you don't feel you could put one foot in front of the other, you literally have to come back to the base or the foundation. And that is your breath or even sometimes your heartbeat. I've been so overwhelmed at sea where I was going through this, spiritual lesson that I was learning and also dealing with chaos on the ship, personnel, weather, what operations, whatever it is, being hounded from the office. So I was getting hit at, on both fronts, spiritual and physical. So it was literally my breath that drove me. Sometimes I literally had to put my hand on my heart and say, okay, that heart is beating. Let's start there. Then I breathe. So that's the B. And then the A is awareness, you're breathing into awareness. You're becoming more aware that you've become an emotion. You've allowed, you've allowed that emotion to become you, I'll say. So breathe and then aware. And then S is safe and surrender. You have to surrender to that emotion. And that if it's a if it's a woman, then you're surrendering to the male part of you. If you're a man, you're typically surrendering to the woman part of you because you're creating that balance. So B is breathe. A is aware. S is safe and surrender. It's very important to have both of those safe and surrender. When you surrender to it, you're allowing that emotion to be processed through you and going back once it came into time space. So we're into the, into the field. Then E is expand. You're allowing yourself, once you, you understand that you're safe and you surrendered in that moment, now you can expand further into who you are because you've had that willingness, that vulnerability to go down beneath that foundation Beneath that roots, that root, <clears throat> root chakra, and allow yourself to expand more into who you're to become.
1: And that is Matthew Schwab, the inner voyager.
0: <laughs> I'm sorry, there is one more thing that I would like to share because there is such and, and every spiritual being listening to this knows right now there is a huge shift going on in planet earth. And there is a time where you're being called, if you're hearing this, then you're being called to come down from the spiritual places where we're at in order to apply all these lessons that you've learned as a spiritual being to help these, help those in the third dimension brimming on the fourth dimension to elevate them up. Because what you have done by being, by creating your awareness in terms of spirituality is you have transcended yourself through time space. You've upped your level of dimensionality. You've also been living far enough in the future where you've picked up trends and lessons, and you can use that for good through your intention in a business or personal or nonprofit, whatever it is. But now is the time where you're being called to come down and, and help out the beings who are suffering and who are looking to transcend what they are.
1: And that is Matthew Schwab, the inner voyager. I highly recommend that you seek him out in the show notes. We'll have his website. And thank you so much for listening to The Practical Mystic Show.
0: This has been The Practical Mystic Show with Janine Bolan. For show notes, resources, and more, visit the eightgates.com. Thanks for listening.